want to just introduce to you Michael Imhoff. I'm not going to read his bio. He's a retired U.S. Navy SEAL. Now he's an evangelist who travels all over the country, as I shared uh, before. And uh, he just uh, blessed us yesterday. We saw some men make some serious commitments for the Lord yesterday, and we're praying that that'll be the case here in our service. And I just want to remind you that he's going to speak here, and at 1045, he's going to speak in this room here about uh, unmasking Islam. And so I encourage you to do everything you can to stay for that, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there, even among Christians, about Islam and its purpose and all those things. And so we're excited about uh, having him here and maximizing the time that we have with him. But as I think of Mike Limhoff and watching him yesterday, reminds me of the Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Derby, and they line those uh, horses in the gates, and when you lift the gate up, man, they are gone. So we're about to let them loose. Let's give a warm welcome to Michael Imhoff. Everybody, please stand up. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As I told the men yesterday, I'm going to say it right now in the same uh, verbiage. I do not consider myself the guest speaker here today. You see, we praise God. And God says what he means, and he means what he says. He says, we're two more gathering in his name. He's in the midst of us. I'm looking for him to convey the message. Jesus, just one more time, we want to acknowledge the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, everlasting, everlasting, Yeshua HaMashiach. His name is Jesus of Nazareth, and he is here in a tangible way. So just one more time, dear God, we want to acknowledge you with praise and reverence and just acknowledge you with the deepest respect for your presence here today. Have right away. Be exalted. Be magnified. Be glorified. Have a seat, please. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to do a quick commercial, and then we'll go ahead and get into the message here. Uh, and I'll go a little bit of background on myself. But these two books, Lessons from Bible Characters, just want to highlight the books because this is an extension of ministry. These are easy lessons for a living. When you take the Word of God and you put it in your heart and you become a doer of the Word, you're a wise man. You want to be a wise man? You take the Word and you do it. You want to be a wise woman? You take the Word and you do it. So they're available right there. And uh, they're available in Spanish as well. Uh, this one right here, Pushing Against Darkness, my latest book, editorials on morality, ethics, Christianity, Islam, nature, political affairs, news media, globalism policies, national cover-ups, military, United Nations, Israel, and miscellaneous commentaries. If you are politically correct, do not get this book. You won't like it. So I'm telling you that in advance. There's something about truth. Truth is absolute. It proves itself in time, either now and in eternity. You build your house on lies, and you're making a wrong decision. God's Word, bulletproof, the content line, prophetic fulfillment, archaeological evidence, science, and common sense reasoning, prove the Bible. Some of these people that are sincere, I'll, I'll deal with. In other words, they might say, I don't know if God is true. You know, and I'm sincere. I want to know the truth. This is a layman's version that you can put in somebody's hand and say, read this, and you should come to the right conclusion. There is a God, and Jesus is the Messiah. Stand up for God. If you have anybody in the military, a son, daughter, nephew, niece, this is a great book to put in their hands. Stand up for God. Biblical principles, 
learned uh, in a military career, and got the Navy SEAL trident on it. And uh, Christians that are going to the military trying to live for God, great book to put in their hands. Supernatural testimonies, people in dire situations didn't know which way to turn. But they found out that Jesus was the answer and he delivered them. Wonderful testimonies, testimonies of ex-Muslims. These were Muslims who became Christians and reasons why. Courageous decisions. So those are available and walking with God, a daily devotional, a sermon for each day of the year, different kind of, different kind of presentation, but it's there as well. So I encourage you to take a look at the book table. And, and uh, like I say, there's some good stuff out there and uh, avail yourself to it. Father, in the name of Jesus, may it be so. May these books go and touch lives for your honor and your glory. So I want to give you a little bit of background on my uh, military career. I did 22 years in the Navy. As Pastor Ed said, retired as a Navy commander, former Navy SEAL, previously assigned to SEAL Team 2, SEAL Team 3, SEAL Team 5, other special warfare commands. I have lived for certain periods of time in Egypt, Israel, Jordan, Panama, South Korea, Liberia, Sudan, Somalia, Sinai, Afghanistan, besides serving in numerous other countries in the world. I've done a lot of exciting things, did a lot of parachute jumps, static line, free fall jumps. I've done work with demolitions in water and on land. I've done a lot of dives, daytime, nighttime, in the ocean. Done a lot of exciting things, but the most exciting thing I did in my life was when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and it has not changed. Everybody in here has done something exciting in your own sphere of life where you've lived in the course of your life. And I hope you can say the same thing. And if you can't, before you leave today, I hope you can. The most exciting thing. I came to realize Jesus was not a picture on the wall. He was not a statue on the lawn. He was the living God. Oh, God is awesome. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So bow your heads and we'll get into things here. Father, the name of Jesus, as we're gathered here, I want you to speak through me, dear God. Help me to share exactly what you want shared here today. And help each person to receive exactly what you want them to receive and apply it to their lives. It's not of me, dear Lord. I just want to be a mouthpiece for you. You get all the praise for any good things that go forth here today. So we acknowledge you right now, Father. Move, we pray, right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. We just went through, before I get into my message, but we went through a year of COVID. Two years. We went through a lot of these things here going right now, going on. But during this tenure of time, I saw how things were being approached, and I saw the influence on the church. And of course, in my own viewpoint, I believe one of the objectives of this whole COVID thing was to destroy the church. And I started to look at Revelations 1.6, where it says, we've been made kings and priests. All right, God, I got it. As a priest, I can intercede for somebody, pray for their salvation, pray for their healing, pray for them to get a good job, pray for them and get help in their marriage. I can intercede as a priest. But what do I do as a king? Church, are you listening? A king issues decrees. A king has dominion. And we've been made in our new identity when we're redeemed unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been redeemed. And our new identity puts us in these areas that we can be a priest and king. So as a king, I issue decrees. I issue ordinations. I say and things are executed. And Luke 10, 19 tells me, behold, I've given you authority over 
serpents and scorpions over all. God, what does all mean? All the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. So I'm supposed to execute dominion. You see, religion prepares man to leave the earth, but the kingdom empowers man to dominate. I am to dominate. Religion focuses on heaven, but the kingdom focuses on earth. We've got some wonderful hymns in the Christian, in, in our belief system. You know, when, I, when we all get to heaven, what a wonderful day that will be. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. So we look to heaven. But God wants us to dominate now. We're to take the gospel outside these doors and influence our society. The way you see society today is that culture has affected the church, and the church is supposed to affect the culture. We've got it reversed. Amen. We've got to dominate. God has, in his blood, bought us through the cross. We're his hands and his feet. Many people are dying and going to hell. Nations are going into a ditch. Hello, Washington, are you listening? This is not the way God wants America. He's got a plan for this nation, a destiny for this nation, and he wants us to go forth. We still have business to do to get Bibles in the far-reaching areas of the world to send missionaries out still. We're to save and, and carry on the kingdom principles and bring them from, the, from, from heaven to earth to implement. You see, God's original purpose was to establish a manifestation of his heavenly kingdom on earth without coming to earth himself. Man was to rule and implement. This is not the stay in your lane mentality. It's not the subject of today's message, but I could take an hour and just telling you some things in reference to that regard, how the church, I believe, should be functioning. But what I'm saying to you is, individually and for the church, we're to make a difference in our culture. So bow your heads, we'll pray for our nation, and I'll get into the message. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for America. As we celebrate Veterans Day and people that have gone forth to represent our nation in different areas, dear God, we, as your Christian army, as your spiritual warriors, we intercede for America, and we say, Satan, you'll not have this nation. No, we decree that America is saved. We decree that America will live for God. We desire for the will and purposes of God to be accomplished in our nation as you certainly will, Father. And we intercede for our nation right now. We pray for our nation. We intercede for America. Oh, spare us judgment. Give us mercy. Help us to accomplish the destiny that you established when Robert Hunt put that cross at Cape Henry in 1607 at Chesapeake Bay, proclaiming this land for the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the Mayflower Compact and the settlers, they put in the Mayflower Compact for the advancement of the gospel that they came, may we fulfill the destiny you have for this nation. And we come against all the forces of hell. You'll not have America. America will go forth in God. And we intercede in agreement, corporate agreement, and we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. My message, survive the storm. Praise God. My key scripture, I'm going to go through this. Just We'll have the scriptures on the screen. 649, 47 through 49, Luke. Praise God. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and lay the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. 
But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. I want to give you an illustration in reference to the Tower of Pisa in Italy. You see, the word Pisa means marshy land, which gives you some clue as to why the tower began to lean even before it was completed. Its foundation was only 10 feet deep. 10 feet deep. So I'm talking about solid foundation. You see, this is the solid foundation. We do not go by appearances. We do not go by emotions. We go by the word of God. What does the word say? What does the word say? The solid foundation. To survive a storm, one must lay a solid foundation in life. And that means a solid foundation on God's word. I'm going to give you two examples. Christian number one right here. Christian number two right here. This Christian over here, they're both saved in reference to accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But they're both Christians. But this Christian over here seems to deal with the trials and tribulations of life and goes through with victory and achieves and maintains a positive attitude knowing that God is on the throne and working on their behalf and delivering them. This Christian over here seems to just can't get through things, just can't get over the hard hurdles, constantly needs help and attention. Well, they're both saved. What's the difference? This one here is a doer of the word. This one over here is not. That's the difference. God honors his word. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word stands forever. Praise God. So he's going to honor his word. So if we're not doing his word, then we can see the difference. The different storms in life will occur to all people. Welcome to planet earth when you got born. Okay, you're going to deal with things. And if you don't deal with things in your own personal matters, the demonic kingdom is there to try to affect you. You got spiritual storms, financial storms, health-related or medical storms, marital storms, career or job-related storms. You've got family or neighbor problem storms, career storms, COVID-19 storms. So we have different storms that we have to deal with. But we know that God has given us the victory. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. That's what his word says. Do you believe what you believe? Do you believe what you believe? Christians, we say we believe God's word. Do you believe what you believe? Being doers of the word, James 1.22. It says, James 1.22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deluding your own selves. That means to fear not and to act in faith. Now, I want to address fear not, Psalms 27.1. Fear not. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear not is over 300 times in the Bible. Over 300 times in the Bible. God only has to do is say it once. We are not to cower in fear. We are not to fear, period. It's a demonic spirit sent to rob you of your peace. God doesn't want us to dwell in fear. If you're operating in fear, you're not operating in faith. And if you're operating in fear, the devil is kicking you in the pants and you don't know it. Fear is not of God. And if you're ever operating in faith, you'll find that faith has peace. And if you don't have peace, you don't have faith. Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. It says, and I use this scripture when I was standing on something in South Korea. 
I was dealing, when I was in the military, I was dealing with some matter that I had to deal with. And I stood on the scripture and I ultimately got the victory. But so it's personal to me too when I put that scripture up there. I always go back to South Korea. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Do not, do not be dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea. I will hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Praise God. So, Jeremiah 17, 7. It says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has given us Strength and encouragement if we look to his word and receive him at his word. That's why I say, do we believe what we believe? We say we believe the Bible. We say we believe the scriptures. But do we? Now, as I say that, when you get a storm, what do you do in a pragmatic way for the first time you deal with a storm? You calm yourself. You calm yourself as you deal with a storm and you go back to God's word first. What does God say about this situation? You get words to stand on, promises of God, and you lay hold to it. You encourage yourself in the word. What does the word say? I remember I was in a tour of duty in San Diego, and I got a call from my mother. I'm using this for an example. And she said, son, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm giving you a synopsis of this story. She said, son, your father's just been diagnosed with leukemia, and he's been taken to a hospital. Something of this effect. And I could feel the, the trembling in my mother's voice. And I, I realized she wasn't steady. So I said, Mom, do not say another word. What does the word say? I said that to her. I said, what does the word say? The Lord is our shepherd we shall not want. The desire of the righteous will be granted. Proverbs 10, 24. 1 Peter 2, 24. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Past tense. God redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13. Take a little rabbit trail. A lot of people don't know what we got redeemed from. They say, well, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Well, what does that mean? Well, Galatians 3.13 says we've been redeemed by, 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 by the... We've been redeemed by the Lord. I'm paraphrasing. But Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed. Okay? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. For curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law through Jesus. So what does that curse be, mean? Well, you being a faithful Christian reading your Bible daily, you go back into Deuteronomy 28 and you realize what the curse was. The curse centered on basically these things. You see, in Deuteronomy 28, the Israelites were told, if you followed God, you got these blessings. But if you follow these idols and you went this way, you got the curse of the law. What did the law encompass? Spiritual darkness, poverty and lack, Sickness and disease. I go to Galatians 3.13 where Jesus in my new covenant and my redemption through the blood of Jesus, he redeemed me from the curse of the law. He gave me spiritual life, prosperity to meet my needs, and he gave me health for my body. But I've got to operate like that is a true word, where it's a reality to me, where I believe the word. So I said to my mother, you know, young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. So I gave her different scriptures that would come from my spirit. And I went, I made an airplane trip, basically went to the hospital, basically make a long story short, my father left the hospital leukemia free. So we give God all the praise. But that's just an example. What do you do? You go to the word. What does the word say? And I use a biblical example too, David. 
David in 1 Samuel 36, in 1 Samuel 36 it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David had a covenant with the living God. He knew it. And he had to encourage himself because they were ready to stone him. When all these, these marauders came and took the wives and took all the goods away, they were ready to kill him. But David, but David, you may not have in the time in the middle of the night to call Pastor Ed or, or Brother Mike or somebody else in the church. You may have to respond in your heart and let that word, because you put good seed there. And I encourage every Christian to be reading the Bible daily, communing with God. If you haven't been doing it, God's greatest desire for each and every one in here is this. He desires for us to have an intimate relationship with him. Bar none. That's his top priority in your life. He loves us so much. He desires. He yearns. He seeks for us to have that intimate relationship with him. On a daily basis, we should be communing with God in some way. We should be reading our Bible because Jesus and the word are one. We've got to get the word in our hearts. So there may be a time that you have to respond. What do you put in here? No deposit, no return. Used to be deposits for bottles. Maybe things have changed now in a lot of ways, but no deposit, no return. You don't put good seed in there, it won't be there to arise when your spirit needs to draw on it for your situation, perhaps. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus. David encouraged himself. <clears throat> Let's go to Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Psalms 103.2. <clears throat> Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. God, what do you mean by all? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That means don't figure things out with a, with a, with a mind, with human reasoning sometimes. If it's contrary to the word of God, you go with the word of God. You look things from the spiritual perspective. Things in the physical are subject to change. can change in a heartbeat. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And all, God, there you go again. You're using the word all. What do you mean by the word all? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So what do we got to do in reference to faith? We got to stand strong and act in faith dealing with whatever storm we're dealing with. We don't go by appearances or emotions. I emphasize that again, but we act in accordance with what the word of God says because circumstances are subject to change. Why do we have prayer if that's not the case? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, one must hope and then believe in heart or spirit God's word. This will generate substance. Something about hope, people. Hope is basically a earnest expectation of what you're praying for, of what you're, you're claiming you're going to see. You have to have that earnest expectation. That's where hope comes in. Hope contributes to faith. But hope is a earnest expectation. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see the manifestation. And praise you, Jesus. You say in Mark 9, 23, when you refer to the scripture, and we'll have it on the screen here, Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. 
God, why are you using the word all again? All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. I'm going to use this. Well, let me go with this scripture, and then I'm going to give you an example. Romans 4.20. Romans 4.20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I remember this example of a minister that used this example a long time ago and stayed with me. I think it took place in San Diego, California. Many years ago, they had this dirigible balloon that was filled with helium, apparently, and they had a number of men holding it down with a rope, uh, a big rope. And so somehow the balloon got free. And one by one, the men fell off, but this one guy held onto the rope. And the balloon started ascending. And people started to just cry out, God, he can't hold on like that. How can he hold on like that? Surely he's going to fall and die. Oh, God. Eventually, I don't know how they did it, but they got the balloon down somehow. And then people start running to this guy. How could he hold on? And the guy said to him, he says, look, when I started to get higher and I realized I was too high to drop off, I hitched the rope up, put it around my waist, and I went along for the ride. <laughs> I'm at peace. I'm safe. The rope held me and the work can hold you. That's the symbolism of that example. And praise you, Jesus. Faith has two key features, believe and release. You believe in your heart and release through your words and corresponding actions. And I shared this to the man's group yesterday because it was a spiritual principle I learned and I didn't know I was learning it. But in Mark eleven twenty three through 24, it says, Whoever shall ascend in this mountain to be taken up and cast in the sea, not down his heart, but believe whatever he saith, it shall be granted him. The next verse says, Therefore all things, you go again, God, all things, all things which you pray as believe. You have received them, they should be granted you. But I want to go to 1123. You'll see in 1123, it says, it says, shall say, and then it says, in, 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 uh, be removed, not, uh, cast in the sea, shall not die, nor start. The next verse, please. Next slide. But shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, saith again, and shall have whatever he saith that saith three times. But believe, and the top line says once. That scripture basically says, believe once and three uh, 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 ways to say, say or saith. God's giving us a point here. That's how we get saved with Romans 10, 9, and 10. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's a spiritual principle I learned. I was, uh, had an AK-47 being pointed toward my head in southern Lebanon. And, and I learned this. And I go back, I'll give you this real quick. I was at the Naval Academy in an instructor assignment, and I knew we had a billet position available working with the United Nations as a, an observer. And so I wanted that assignment, and God gave it to me. And I remember before going, because I was a very young Christian, but I had my mother saying, there's a lot of turmoil in the Middle East. You may get hurt, son. And as I told the man yesterday, change the spirit, change the man. You don't change the spirit, you don't change the man. There's been a lot of turmoil in the Middle East for years. So my mother's concerned about my safety. I said, Mom, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be safe. A man of God spoke into my life, and he gave me some scriptures of refuge and protection, and I put them in my heart. So when my mother and some others would say, we're concerned about your safety, I'd say, Mom, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be safe. So as I was going through this, I realized I was involved with a spiritual principle I didn't know I was learning. Very young Christian. 
but we're being marched with another Swedish officer myself down the slope of a ravine, sloping gradient here. And as we're being marched with guns behind us, and I'm communicating to God, I believe I'm going to be safe, Lord. I believe I'm going to be safe. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and I know the further I went, I'm getting a little apprehensive, but I'm still saying, no, God, I'm still believing you're going to protect us in this. And so they decided not to kill us and shoot us. And praise God for that. We lost our vehicle, and we eventually made our way back in. But when I got back to the States, I realized I set my safety in motion before I left the United States. I spoke that I would be safe. I believed it in my heart and confessed it. And that was what I was seeing in the Scripture. And, and, and I remember Lieutenant Colonel Higgins, Rich Higgins, a Marine Corps guy, was hijacked with the same unit in a similar area, and they showed pictures of his dead body throughout the United States. I don't know his walk. I don't know that. I'm not referring to that. But I'm knowing my own self. I believe this was a spiritual principle. If I took my keys, held them out here, and they fall, you say, that's gravity, Michael. That's going to work. That's the physical law. There are spiritual laws, too. You reap what you sow. That's a spiritual law. And I, you take a promise of God, you get into your heart, and you confess it, and you will have influence on the direction of your life. My, my point is this. Your tongue will steer your life. There's life and death in the power of the tongue, and what you're saying for and what you're believing and saying is what you're going to have. Positively or negatively, everyone's affected by that principle. So what you're encompassing in life, check right here. That's the rudder of your life, of any ship on the ocean of your life right now, is your tongue. Your tongue. What are you saying? What are you saying? We had a phrase the first time I was overseas in Afghanistan. We told our... Our, our people basically get out of the kill zone. If you got targeted and you're getting fire, you're in a vehicle, you get your foot on the pedal and you just keep moving. We told our units too, if you're driving in Kabul, Afghanistan, that if you get a vehicle that comes in and hits your vehicle, then you, you just don't get out, keep on moving. Let them go to the embassy, American embassy, and file their complaint, file their claim or whatever they want to do. I remember this German patrol, they were, they were going through Kabul. And the German got out because somebody came into the side and, it, and hit their vehicle. So he's going to come out and take care of the situation. Little did he know, another vehicle comes in from the other side and boom, explodes. He's in eternity now. He put himself in the kill zone. He put himself in the kill zone. I remember I was, a second time in Afghanistan, I was at Coast Province, Camp Clark, I came out of the chow hall and I went back to my quarters this way instead of going this way around the Hescos. So I had Hescos over here, but I went down this way and all of a sudden rockets and mortars are coming in the camp. The Taliban had a tactic and we've lost a lot of men this way, folks. They would get on higher ground and put rockets or mortars into a camp within the perimeter of the camp looking for targets of opportunity, whoever they could take out. And then before the helicopters could scramble or try to get to them, they'd, they'd get off and take off. My point was this. We put ourselves in the kill zone in so many ways. So when I was coming this way, on the other side of the Hescos, we got rockets and mortars coming in. If I had gone that way, I'd have been in the kill zone. You've got Claymore mines that are in the military inventory of weapons 
of use. It came our mind is shaped in a convex way with ball bearings, C4 explosives behind it to shin, send these ball bearings out in this fan. If you walk when this is detonated, then those ball bearings will put you in the kill zone if you're in front. My point is, Christians so many times will allow themselves to be put in the kill zone and they'll be robbed of what God wants to do in their lives. How you do that? Unbelief. How do you do that? Fear. How do you do that? Doubt. You see, God's word is we're to operate in faith. Take God at his word. He says again, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. If you're not getting answers to your prayers as well, let's take a little rabbit trail real quick. Number one, are you walking in unforgiveness? Number two, are you walking out of love? Number three, are you walking in doubt, unbelief, or fear? We've got to operate and see that if we're praying and standing for something, we need to stand in faith. And if something is impeding our prayer life, we need to check on these areas. Praise God, because God will honor his word. Honors his word, hallelujah. Only believe, only believe, all things are possible. Only believe, only believe, only believe, all things are possible. Only believe. You crazy old man, Noah. You've been building that ark and boat for years now. You say God said it's going to rain, a flood's coming. What's the matter with you, Noah? Are you nuts? Help us in, Noah. Oh, the water's rising. Noah, let us in. Let us in, Noah. Too late. We didn't believe God. You did. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. I'm Joshua and I'm Caleb. We can take this land because God said he's given it to us. No, no, no. We're the other ten spies. We've seen this land and there are giants in the land and we're grasshoppers in their sight. We can't take the land. Now, you Israelites, what do you believe? Would we have not died in the wilderness or in Egypt? Well, God didn't operate through Burger King, but he said you can have it your way. No, this is not Burger King, but God says you can have it your way. Because they were full of unbelief, they spoke, and they said, and they said, and they said, would we have not died in the wilderness or in Egypt? You people will spend 40 years in the desert, but you over here, Joshua and Caleb, you go in. But their lack of faith will hinder you for 40 years. Now, I encourage you to get past behind Pastor Ed and the vision God has put on his heart for this region. Your unbelief and your lack of faith can hinder some of the things God's trying to accomplish through the vision God has put on this man's heart. Work in unity and work in strength because in strength there is unity in disunity, there is weakness. You take a little snowflake, very fragile. You put a lot of snowflakes together, it stops traffic. That's strength. That's unity. Praise God. Nehemiah built the walls of Jerusalem in like 52 days. He had a focus and a purpose. No, Sam Ballad, I don't have time for you. Tobiah, be gone. I am focused on what God wants to accomplish. And a mighty feat in 52 days, those walls were rebuilt. Praise God. Praise God. Only believe... Only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Am I a dog? You come to me with sticks. 
I curse you by the names of my gods. You come to me and I'll feed your body to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the earth. You come to me with spear, sword, and shield, but I'll come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, of the armies of the living God, whom today you have defied. You come to me and I'll take your head from your body and I'll feed the carcasses of the Philistines to the fowls of the air and the beasts on the earth and they'll be known that there's a God in Israel and the victory is his and not ours. He gives us the victory. And David said, and David said, and David said, what are you saying when the devil comes to your door? The devil can influence you. He can try to. But you let the bird fly by. You don't let him nest. You send him on his way. This is your battleground between your ears. We've got to resist the devil. David spoke. You see, he didn't let Goliath have the final word. David spoke. His words, his words, his words were forming his destiny right there. Only believe. Only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Oh, master, there's a lot of people around you. What do you mean somebody touched your garment? What do you mean somebody touched your... No, 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 master, it was I. I knew if I touched your garment, I would be healed. I've had this issue of blood, dear God, and I knew I could touch your garment and be healed. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go your way. If her faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole because God is not a respecter of persons. 13.8 Hebrews. He's the same today now and he ever will be as it was. He's steadfast, he's compassionate, and he is in the business of having a great love for you and seeing your needs met. Only believe, only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me, son of David. Oh, Bartimaeus, sit down. Sit down. He's going his way. Sit down. No, Bartimaeus. Oh, no, no, he's calling you. He's calling you, Bartimaeus. He's calling you. And what would you have me do for you that I receive my sight? Receive your sight. Your faith has made you whole. You know why Jesus stopped for Bartimaeus? When he says, son of David, I recognize you as the Messiah. You're the Messiah. I recognize you, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Do you recognize Jesus as your Messiah? Do you recognize Jesus as your deliverer? As he met Bartimaeus' needs, he'll meet your needs. Praise you, Jesus. Only believe. Only believe. I got to keep moving here. I need two I'm going to shift up here. I need two volunteers to make a point about doing, being a doer of God's word. Do, two volunteers. Okay, sir, come on up. Oh, I'm missing our name tags again. I know I met you yesterday. Dale. Dale, that's right, Dale. Okay. Dale, I need another volunteer. Gary, come on up. I see you. Okay, well, okay. Come on. You volunteered once. Come on. Dale, I need you to look this way. <laughs> I need you to look toward the crowd. All right. Come on. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll use this for an example. Dale, I want you to give Gary that, that paper. All right? All right. Now, I want you to give that to me. Gary, Mr. Imhoff is serious about having that paper. 
No, no, no. Let, let, me, do, let me say it this way. Can, can you give me half of the sheep? Uh, not anymore. Can you give me a quarter of the sheep? I, not anymore. Can you just give me a quarter? I cannot. You can't give me any of it. I cannot. You don't have any of it, do you? I do not have it. I you don't have it. Away. You did. That's it. That's the answer I want. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We got it. That was an example of 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all. God, what do you mean by all? All your anxiety on God. So when the devil comes and he says, Dale, that problem you've been dealing with, don't you, you know you've got to worry about this. You know you've got to have angst about this. No, no, Mr. Devil, I don't have anything dealing with it. I gave it all to God. I'm at peace. He's got it. You want to deal with it? Go see Jesus, my mediator. Go see Jesus, my Savior. Go see Jesus, my Lord. It's covered by the blood. It's covered by the blood, devil. You be gone. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him, all your care. That's what that equates to. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Remember, you have a blood covenant with a father through the blood of Jesus Christ. Pastor Ed, who, who, can we have anybody on key, keyboard, piano? I, didn't, I should have checked that before. Piano, piano, piano. Not you. Where's, where's my, any assistant for some, I should have checked this before service. I just want low-key music. I don't care if it's piano or organ or even guitar if I have to go that route. <laughs> David was a psalmist. And it helps for the presence of God in some cases. Praise God. I just, just some low-key music. Just soft. Um, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, praise you, Jesus. I want to highlight to you this. I want to come to this point and highlight to you this. When I said that spiritual principle, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, and you believe that he raised from the dead for your justification, you shall be saved. With a heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with a tongue confession is made, resulting in salvation. But you see there, again, the word the tongue, resulting in salvation. I prayed with a man named Abdul in Juba, Sudan. And Abdul said, something happened, Michael, when we prayed. And I prayed along that line, Romans 10, 9, and 10. I, I said, Abdul, his father was a Muslim. And when I prayed with Abdul, he said, something happened. I said, God just imparted eternal life to your spirit. Just imparted eternal life to your spirit. Abdul, God just gave you eternal life. He said, something happened. That burden just lifted, Michael. I just feel so different. I know when I came to the Lord, I could not wait to get home and read my Bible. Something had changed. God had changed Abdul. He was different. And I've seen that happen before. Or again, after that. Praise you, Jesus. I remember this testimony from Pastor Jerry LeSure in Illinois. He was 36 years old at the time. And he said, Michael, I was in the room with my mother and she's about ready to go into eternity. She's about ready to leave this earth. She was up in her years older. Jerry was 36. He's 66, 67 today. He was not a pastor when he was at 36. And Jerry said, I was allowed by God to see into the spiritual realm. And boom, I could see vividly, vividly, vividly and as real today as it was yesterday. He saw his mother's spirit leave her body. 
His mother looked at Jerry, her years transgendered from the older years to a young, youthful, radiant appearance. She smiled at Jerry, but then Jerry said he saw Jesus lift her by the hand. Jesus turned his head, looked at Jerry, smiled, and took his mother into eternity. I love to hear wonderful testimonies like that. Jerry's a very pragmatic, very practical man. I know him. Good man. He's not making that story up. I know Pat Plummer. She was from Iowa. She's in Anderson, Indiana. She's director of Heart of Prayer Ministries. Pat was coming back to Iowa. It might have been Otuma. Is Otuma? Otuma? Otama. I think it might have been that's maybe where she was going, but she was from Iowa. She grew up on a farm area. And her father was about 88 years old. And Pat, very strong Christian. Very, she walked closely with God. And she shared the story. She said, I could share it with people. And Pat was going back to Iowa. And, 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 and she said to God, God, I got to know my father's going to be with you. You see, he was probably a quiet demeanor. He didn't say a lot. Quiet personality. God makes us all with different personalities. And so he grew up on the, she grew up on the farm and he'd work in the fields and keep to himself maybe quite a bit. But Pat still wasn't totally sure she, he, was, he was right with God. She'd been gone for a little bit and she was just appealing to God. And, and she's in this room. Her father's laying down. He's about ready to go into eternity. And Pat is allowed to see in the spiritual realm. And she said, Michael, it lasted for 30 seconds. About 30 seconds. And she said she saw this angel all of a sudden in the spiritual realm standing over her father. Looking at her. And the angel said to Pat, these are the words he said to me. Basically nothing more, nothing less. In death there is life. Pat left that room with tears rolling down her face because she understood God was telling her, that's all right, Pat. In a short while, he'll be with me. Acts 4.12 makes it very clear. Another name which man must be saved, but through Jesus Christ. Many people are today are saying there's different paths to heaven. They're not. You get to heaven through Jesus, or you don't go. I don't care if you're a rooting, tooting, navy parachuting frogman, think you can jump tall buildings in a single bound. Stop locomotives in your bare hands. I don't care if you have all the testosterone that you can count. When that bell goes in the 12th round and the fight's over, if you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, too late, too late, too late, too late. Eternity is not politically correct. It's brutally frank. It's where the rubber meets the road. And I'm saying from my heart, and I appeal to you, if you do not know Jesus is the Lord and Savior because Romans tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone needs a Savior. All. So bow your heads. And I'm going to ask you right now to look into your hearts. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. I'll pray with you and you can leave like Abdul, a different man. Just raise your hand and I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you right now. And can you leave changed? And you'll be glad you did. There's nothing more important, absolutely nothing more important in your life. And those watching online, I'm appealing to you now to do the same thing as the people in the church here. If you have not made Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the time. So just raise your hand and I'll pray with you right now. 
That's right. That's right. All right, sir. I see that hand. Any other hands? Don't play cat and mouse games with God, folks. You can't play cat and mouse games with God. He sees all hearts. I don't care who you are. I don't know who you are, but just raise your hand and we can pray and get right with God right now. Or if you're backslidden and you've gone astray and you need to get back in line with God, raise your hand and I'll pray with you as well. Just raise your hand. And those watching online, please look at your hearts right now because we're going to pray. Okay, everybody look up. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to ask anybody to come down. But sir, you, did you raise your hand, sir? Or you were just giving praise to God? or You raised your hand to receive Jesus? Hey, stand up, please. I want everybody to pray with me right now to encourage your brother and everybody online. You pray this prayer as well. And mean it from your heart. If you need to receive Jesus or get right with God and get on the right path again, if you're backslidden, I want you to repeat after me. Can you repeat after me then? Okay. Yeah, you take that down if you need to so you can speak. And there's love in here. I want you to know this. But I want everybody to say the same prayer to encourage. I've prayed it many times. So repeat after me, please. Heavenly Father, I come to you now. In the name of Jesus, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that Jesus raised from the dead for my justification. Forgive me of all my sins. I repent and I'll live for you. Help me, Jesus, in my walk with you. Amen. Are you sincere? If you're sincere, God's sincere. People online, if you're sincere, God is sincere. Now, I'm going to pray uh, a prayer and we're going to close. But I'm going to pray right now for our brother. And anybody watching online that you've come to the Lord and talk to Pastor Ed if you need to follow this up. Have you been baptized? Okay. I'm going to pray a prayer over all, a brother over all here and those watching online. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we close right now, I pray, dear God, for a brother right now, Philippians 1.6. You've started a good work. I pray you continue to perfect it. I pray for each one in here right now, dear God, that you help us to know even more so the hope of our calling, the inheritance we have in you, and the power to work by the Holy Spirit through us. Continue to build us to with the death of your love. I lift up Pastor Ed and the church. Pleasant View Church here. I pray, dear God, bring in the laborers for the harvest that you need brought in and bring in the finances for the vision you put on this man's heart to be, to be uh, so that your vision can be accomplished. I pray, dear God, for your grace and mercy to work strong here and let this church be a beacon of light to the community, the state, and the world. I praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, I speak blessings and seen and unseen over the congregation here today. Move on hearts as only you can. I praise you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor Ed.